Hello, students. Greetings, Academaniacs. Welcome to anyone else who is listening. Welcome to the RPG Academy Show and Tell. I am everyone's favorite co-host, the Caleb G. And tonight I have... Actually, it's not tonight. It's this morning. <laughs> this morning I have two very special guests in the RPG Academy virtual interview loft. I'm talking to James and Rudy from Have Spellbook Will Travel. How we doing, gentlemen? Doing swell. Quite a loft you have here. Thanks for the yes. invites. Yeah, yeah. Really, really happy to be showing and telling today. So thanks for having us, man. Hey, my absolute pleasure. I'm glad we could get together and make this happen. So uh, why don't you guys give our listeners the elevator pitch of Have Spellbook Will Travel? What is the show? What are you guys doing? What is going to catch our interest and cause us to subscribe on ye old iTunes? <laughs> sure. I'll let, so, uh, yeah, oh, sorry. I'll take it. It's a, it's a fantasy comedy audio drama that is based directly on the games that James and I have played in Dungeons & Dragons. So, you know, three years ago, I had this idea. I wanted to do a project with all my friends from college. We had all done acting together. James and I had met through college theater and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I didn't want to make like a video because it's just too much work. Um, <laughs> and we were kind of delving into the world of podcasts. So I thought, what was a good way to keep that creative aspect and still be in podcasts? I was a big fan of actual plays as well, though. And Caleb, I'm sure you can relate. Sometimes, you know, there's like rules of minutia or, you know, it, it kind of slows down at times. So I wanted to do something that kind of took that out completely, but still kept that kind of feeling of I'm, I'm listening to a game happen. So we decided to do this radio play kind of format. And um, again, we've had years and years of inspiration and plot lines to draw from. And that's kind of where we are now. Yeah, yeah. It's basically uh, if The Order of the Stick were a podcast, uh, that's how you could kind of describe it. <laughs> that is a real fast way. Yeah, that's a great way. To Outstanding. So uh, you said this was based on games you guys have played. Are you still currently playing those games or is that all the source material that you guys go to as you are writing and preparing these episodes? So James and I have been playing together for 10-ish, 9 or 10 years. We started in 4th edition D&D. Mm -hmm. um, we did a campaign from 1 to 30, the whole gamut, you know, Fort Arcus, all that stuff. <laughs> Each turn at level 30 takes half an hour per person. <laughs> so that was uh, a long Definitely one. true. <laughs> um, uh, and since then, we did the, the play tests. And yes, we do still play. We have a, a game that we still play in, in James's original world of... Uh, sorry, yes. what's your world called again, James? It's called Exploration Age. There it's it is, cool. thanks. We've only well, been playing I in it since played. 5e launched. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, we play in, in my world, which actually has a a few very small crossover elements um into have spellbook will travel so i write a blog that's all about the the world i'm creating uh at worldbuilderblog.me shameless plug and um you uh so it's really fun because i think it it runs the gamut right the very first arc of have spellbook will travel is like pretty much 
as far as uh, plot goes, a direct lift from one of the games that we played. Um, and then in some of the things that we're writing, it's just like, ah, remember when this happened? That was really funny. How can we convey that in an audio drama? So some of them just have, some of the arcs have elements sprinkled. Some of them are direct lifts from games we've played. Uh, some of the characters, including like the main recurring cast who are the adventuring party, um, they are direct lifts. In one case, we actually have a player who created the character playing the character in the in the audio drama and then in other cases it's just like you know we we need a character and we want them to be this person and they're completely made up um so it it really runs the gamut some stuff is directly lifted uh other stuff is uh is just hey we're we're writing the story and we feel like we need this now so let's create it so it's fun cool so you've got the source material but, of course, since you are essentially writing a produced audio drama here, you jump back and forth with actual facts, inspiration, just coming up with whatever you need to for the moment. I really like that. Um, I, I think that shameless plug, once again, worldbuilderblog.me, right, James? That is absolutely correct, yes. That is worldbuilderblog.me. <laughs> You, oh, you know, I think I missed that. Uh, worldbuilderblog.me? Uh, I believe it's worldbuilderblog.me, like me. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have now hit the limit of our shameless plugs for this entire episode. <laughs> no more plugs, folks. Uh, I, I forbid you from saying anything about worldbuilderblog.me, have spellbook, will travel, uh, which is havespellbook.com. Uh, none of that whatsoever. We will have no such shenanigans on this episode of Show and Tell. Noted. <laughs> so uh, let's go back in time a little bit. You guys started with fourth edition, right? Uh, so we started playing together. Actually, Rudy, did we play a game of third? I know the first role-playing game that Rudy and I played together was actually the second edition of Mutants and Masterminds yes. uh, in college. Yes. Um so, that was the uh, first tabletop experience I ever had. Then into fourth edition, I played like um, some of the CRPGs like Baldur's Gate. But my first mm -hmm. tabletop D and D game was with James with Forey. I know he that was not his first game. Yeah, my first tabletop experience is is very uh, typical. Uh, it was with my older brother. I was nine years old. It was in our parents' basement. Um, so with with him and his friends, and we played second edition D and D. Uh, so I've been I've been around the block with a few editions of uh, of D and D uh, several times. So <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Well, I, I think it's um, it's interesting that you, you guys have this very different background of getting into gaming, but fourth edition was kind of the catalyst right yeah yeah that was the first full campaign we played um together and it, it's really cool uh, fourth edition is so polarizing with people's <laughs> opinions but it really <laughs> is the game that got a lot of attention back on the hobby mm -hmm. yeah and so many people have that story oh yeah uh, i sat down to play D D. It, it was this weird tactical thing and they realize you know they reveal it was fourth edition and, and then they start going backwards and forwards from there to try different things but 4e did a lot to pull people into dungeons and dragons <laughs> and tabletop gaming uh i love fourth edition i, I think it's a great game <laughs> uh yeah i mean i i certainly have uh I, I think rudy you put it great when you said that about how long combat takes um, well sure yeah yeah, uh, yeah. i think 
I think it can be sped up, but everyone has to be super duper focused. And one of the wonderful things about D&D is you can kind of goop off and not pay attention. Uh, at least I do. <laughs> when I'm at a table with my friends, it's hard to focus. And unless everyone's like, I know what I'm doing on my turn. My brother loves 4th edition and wants us to go back and play 4th edition. Um, mm-hmm. And he's he will argue up and down that it's our fault that the rules are taking, or the game is taking so long. And that if it was six hymns, it would be moving super fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah yeah and that's i i mean there and there are great ways if you do want to speed up the combat you know like uh, i think the essentials that came out afterwards um you know uh were were some pretty great books and i think they were maligned for the lack of options right Mm -hmm. because they weren't like the first three players handbooks we had before that um but i i think those are really great for speeding up play and i think fourth is just super duper fun uh you know you get you get some really imaginative combats and stuff and then you can also i mean role playing is is improv and acting uh you can work those elements into clue if you want to right like um you know so so i know it was maligned for not having enough role playing mechanics but uh i don't really need a lot of mechanics to role play you know um and that's one reason we were able to play from levels 1 through 30 and had plenty of sessions where you know it was all story barely any dice rolls so it was great cool cool so what's your go to game nowadays when you guys get time to sit down and roll dice what are you picking up oh uh, <laughs> you go ahead uh, so I was going to say we play a lot of uh, Fifth, uh, but Rudy and I have a love for a particular uh, other game that we haven't played as much lately, but we want to get back into. Rudy, you want to pick that up? Knights Black Agents is, Woo. I was just goof, uh, not goofing, but like gushing with Chris Sneziak yesterday about how much we love Knight Black, Knights Black Agents. Um I think it's such an incredible theme. I think there's so many crazy cool mechanics. I love Gumshoe. Uh, just Vampires vs. Spies is great. The book is incredible. Blah, 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 blah. I can go on and on. Uh, and the Dracula Dossier is maybe the best campaign guide I've ever read. Like, yeah. I can't go on enough about how much I love Knights by Agents. It's sad. <laughs> <laughs> uh i yeah i mean i don't actually i think it's it's great and it's a game that took years and years to craft and the campaign is amazing and um uh so i would say if people can check out knights black agents and if you have players who don't want to play through the dracula dossier because there's like a 500 page handout basically that's got footnotes in it um that going through that thing is super fun and it is play uh so i would say give it a chance if you're a player who's a little nervous about the dracula dossier because rudy ran a a great game with that and i had such a blast going through that thing people should definitely that that game needs all the love i think Mm -hmm. so yeah Uh, but i love to try all new rpgs i love like we played a bunch at Gen Con. Gen Con's incredible because we just bounce around and try all this different stuff. So I'm usually the guy that's like, let's try this game, let's try this game, let's try it. So I, I just like everything. I like trying all this stuff out. 
<laughs> yeah, and you know, I, I, Caleb, you probably know this because you guys put together your own con. Um, but uh, a catacon happening November 11th through 13th in Dayton, Ohio, <laughs> the catacon.com. That did not just happen because I did put yeah, a no kibosh more. on all shameless plugs. <laughs> well, I don't. I mean, that's just a reference. You know, that that's just a factual oh, ab- reference for the listener. I think absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's just source material. Yeah. Exactly. They they need it for context. Um, so, I, but it's one of those things. Uh, we run like a a mini con with our friends from college who we play a lot of games with once or twice a year and we try out all new games then you know it's and we will try out stuff that like someone ran for us at gen con rudy or i will run it there for them to introduce them to new stuff so we've you know through that we've introduced our friends to things like fate third 13th Age, uh, Bubblegum Shoe, Trail of Cthulhu, all kinds of uh, great games, um, and some even some weird stuff. You know, people are stepping up to run things like Lasers and Feelings and, and stuff like that. So it's been uh, a, a blast uh, getting together, and I highly recommend uh, people have, like, a gaming day or weekend where, you know, you get your friends together and you say, like, okay, we're going to do this for 10 hours, and we're going to try two or three new games, and it'll be great. So here's an interesting question. The uh, the hobby itself, the tabletop gaming hobby, I personally think is going through a big evolution right now. There is all this influx of indie games. There's all these classic big games that have been produced and everyone knows. And I think that a lot of these newer games are shifting towards a more narrative heavy focus not necessarily rules light but that is a big trend right now but i think there is a a very noticeable change in the hobby towards more of a focus on storytelling and narration uh do you guys think that is happening do you think it's a good thing do you think it's a bad thing what's your take on that uh so um I know Mike Merles right had a had a series of tweets that got some attention about this a little bit that he was saying he thinks it's sort of the the fall of the forums and the rise of actual play um you know people seem to uh, with some sites as, uh, as exceptions right like people are still posting like crazy on EN World and RPG.net but people are kind of getting away from forums because of social media but they are now engaging more with live play series like Critical Role, um, you know, Dan Harmon's Harmon Quest series on CISO, that sort of thing. Uh, and that, so the shift has gone from talking about how the game is played, which often involves a lot of discussion about mechanics and math and that sort of thing, to moving more towards narrative because you're watching people play. And it's fun to talk about those mechanics and stuff, but it's not necessarily fun to watch someone talk about those mechanics, um, which really means we just love to hear ourselves talk, I guess. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, but so, uh, you know, and I think that's interesting. I feel great about the rise of story um, because I think, you know, there have always been games that are light on mechanics and there have always been games that are heavy on mechanics and those will continue to exist. If you want a game that's heavy on mechanics, you're going to be, like, Pathfinder still has tons and tons of crunchy bits to it and tons of people are still playing Pathfinder. Um, you know, so you're, it, you're never going to be pressed to find a game or material. It's not like those things die out. Um, but what I think is great about the system light stuff is 
it's way less intimidating to get new people into the game. Um, and that's important for growing the hobby and the, the lifespan of the hobby. Right. Um, so like I would say it's intimidating if I show up with three core rule books and say, these 1000 pages are what you need to know to play D and D, right? Somebody's going to be very intimidated. If I show up with a one sheet like lasers and feelings and say everything, both the DM and players need to know is on this sheet. Um, that's a lot less intimidating for a new person. That's less than most board games have, right? Um, so that's one reason I think that it's really, really great that we've moved towards this uh, lighter mechanics, uh, more story-focused uh, movement that we have going on. Yeah, I think that the hobby itself is becoming a lot more mainstream and bringing in a lot of new people. And a lot of these people come from listening to the Penny Arcade uh, podcast where they play D&D or, or watching a critical role. And I think a lot of these new people don't necessarily want to play because of the mechanics and because of combat. I think we're always going to, like, I'm always about both. I always want both. But I think as these new players come in, they're more interested in being characters and... Uh, interacting with the environment and, and playing with the DM and, and doing more open-ended stuff. I don't know that they necessarily want to be bogged down. Like, I'll love the Pathfinder stuff, but I don't know that they want to get stuck in a, in a you know, 30-minute 4th edition combat or whatever. Yeah, I, I very much agree. I think uh, the, the changes here we're seeing are, are definitely positive. I think they're doing a lot to get people to understand what role-playing is and how fun it is and unlock those gates that have kept it secluded for so long. And uh, I think it's fair to say that projects like Have Spellbook Will Travel are a big factor in that evolution as well. You guys are talking about role-playing, you guys are focusing on the fun, entertaining parts of it, but you still have those roots, right? So you're still a, a role-playing tabletop game podcast but you're just hitting the high points you're hitting <laughs> the fun parts uh and of course have spellbook will travel since it is a fully produced audio drama it's really really entertaining you've got all these great voice actors great talent uh great music great sound effects it it's really fun to listen to and they're not long episodes these are very easy to listen to and enjoy on the drive to work <laughs> so uh there you go, guys. Have Spellbook, Will Travel, I think, is one of uh, the very important parts of evolving our hobby towards being much more friendly and inviting to the general audience. So uh, why don't you guys tell us more about the project? Let's get into the nitty gritty here. Uh, sure. First, uh, can I thank you for that? That's like yeah. one of the nicest things anybody has ever said about the project. So, uh, thank you so much, Caleb. That, uh, that really, uh, that got me. That hit me. Uh, well, you, you are very welcome. Uh, and once again, I shall put a, uh, a halt on any further praise or adoration, uh, for the rest of the podcast. We will have no such shenanigans. I will uh, restrain from saying how much I really, really enjoy the show <laughs> and how much I love yeah. uh, how much on, I love the on. format. <laughs> hey, it's, it's my show. I'm the host. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I also really like the format that you guys do a uh, kind of a behind the scenes episode between each each main episode. I think that's a nice break. I think that's a great way to get people really invested and to get your own voices and opinions out 
out there about the project. But enough of that. I did pump the brakes on all <laughs> uh, praise and adoration. So I'm going to turn it back over to you guys. Start talking. Tell me about the show. Well, just I, I wanted to talk about the behind the scenes because you, you brought that up. You know, the idea behind that is there's there's another audio drama that I, I enjoy called We're Alive. It's kind of about the uh, it's like a zombie apocalypse and, you know, characters are trying to survive because they're still alive. Hence, hence the name. Um, but one of the, you know, I really enjoy that and I starting to get attached to characters, but I, I want to know more about the actors and there's literally nothing about them. Like, there's no way for me to go on. They might have a Twitter feed, but I kind of want to know, oh, what's your background? Who are you? Kind of a thing. So the idea with the behind the scenes is to kind of give that insight into our actors, whether they be some of our main cast or some of our ensemble members, which we have quite a few of. So I think that that it's just really cool to me to hear like, oh, this is how they know this person or, oh, that's something this person has done in the past. You know, we've even had actors who have upcoming shows come on and promote them and people have like gone to see the shows, which is crazy in my mind. So that's the idea behind those. And then, like you said, that also gives people, you know, the chance to listen to me and James and we can answer questions. We always talk about Dungeons and Dragons with our guests, which hopefully kind of brings that back to the forefront. And uh, yeah, it's just, I think uh, it, it also helps me, you know, with the editing process to have that bit of a break between episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys do a hell of a job with the production quality uh, on the show. I am only just barely learning how to do uh, production with our own actual plays, and I am terrible at it so uh i i very much appreciate the outstanding work that you guys do uh i need to uh i need to to say this because i know rudy won't say it himself uh that that is all rudy uh rudy does the lion's share of the work on this podcast uh i i do a little writing i uh, i help with the promotion and i voice one of the characters but rudy is one of the main actors uh he directs pretty much all of the voice talent he uh puts all of the episodes together uh he writes all of the episodes as well um gets in there and and writes all the funny jokes are his uh he uh his like he's really the brain father of this it was his idea and he is also the one dreaming up uh most of the the story you know we'll we'll go through outlines and we'll break that story together but rudy is the one who says like you know i'm i'm thinking this is what needs to happen in this episode and blah blah and it's all always like awesome and brilliant and fresh uh so i just want to i know we 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 put a moratorium on that uh but again again for context um you know rudy is the one who uh that's that production quality is really all his uh amazing editing and recording so uh rudy why don't you talk about that uh i use adobe audition (laughs) (laughs) it does it all for me um, <laughs> so, so here's a question. Sure. Um, when you guys are recording, do you actually record as a group, as an ensemble in the room? Do you guys write the script and send it out to the voice actors and then just bring everything together? What What's the process like? So I try to schedule like weekends where my actors can come to my house and we don't do it as a group. We do it individually. I have... Uh, my roommate's closet is incredibly soundproof. He's got his uh, his work shirts hanging, and it's an internal closet, so it absorbs sound really, really well and gives me great quality. 
but it's kind of like a cartoon. Everybody, you know, takes their turn. We go through the script. I did look into doing it like as a group thing, but it's actually a big investment to get everybody a microphone and run it through an amp. And even then I was really nervous about like, um, uh, one person's like uh, audio blah, blah, yeah, the one bleed. person. Yeah, exactly. The bleed. That's what it was. The bleed from one person to another. I know, I think God's fall does this, which is great. It works for God's fall because they're kind of like, uh, they're more of an actual play. But for mm-hmm. this, I, I think I needed everyone to record independently. And then I've bought multiple microphones. and They're like all over New Jersey. If someone can't make it, I ask them to record remotely um, with a blanket over their head because they don't have my wonderful closet. Um, <laughs> that, that tends to work as well. Uh, it does. That's how I record every episode oh, sure. is with a exactly. blanket over my head. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, there, there's a great visual for everyone. Uh, James, any sitting... award-winning James, <laughs> <laughs> any award-winning James, sitting in the room under a blanket, uh, huddling over a microphone with a precious script clutched in front of him. <laughs> uh, that is so accurate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Uh, for anyone who has not just immediately stopped listening to this and gone over to listen to Have Spellbook Will Travel, why don't we really talk about the story a little bit? Um, you, you guys break the the production into story arcs, so you have nice little chunks of three or four episodes that people can listen to and kind of get a whole story all at once. Yep. Yeah, that's the, uh, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's three or four episodes make an arc in general. Sometimes uh, we played around, there's one, like, interlude episode right now, uh, and uh, and we may continue to play around with those, uh, so that, that are sort of less heavy on the action, more heavy on, like, the character development and, and learning about what they're doing kind of in between adventures. Um but yeah, so it's uh you know the the story's broken up that way, but the podcast itself also has an overarching arc, right? So like you can't just listen to arc 2 without having listened to arc 1. I mean, you could, um and you'd probably still get a lot of laughs out of it. So if anybody wants to do it that way, you totally can. Uh but Good save. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen however you want. Uh listen backwards, it's all good. Just please listen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but there is this story that g- runs throughout, right? So it's kind of like think of you know each arc as uh, as an hour long television episode, and each episode is kind of like the parts with the you know between commercials. You know, it's like here's a segment, here's a segment, here's a segment, and then the whole thing is a TV series, if that makes sense. Um, and I'm going to stop this metaphor and let Rudy talk no, about the story. it's great. I love the <laughs> metaphor. Wow. That was awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's the story of a mercenary party working for this kind of adventurer's guild. And, um, you know, each of the individual characters comes with their own baggage. Uh, and so they're trying to kind of work through the adventure they're currently on and work through, you know, working with each other, which uh, mm-hmm. I think is... Something that it's hard to do in a role-playing game because ultimately you're sitting there with your friends. You don't want to be like be a jerk to your friend because your character <laughs> would be a jerk to your friend. So now we can kind of get away with that and uh, not hurt anybody's feelings. Right, right, yeah. Which, I mean, that's totally true, right? It's like, I think as a GM sometimes we think like, oh, it would be cool if these characters had a 
torrid romance, right? Um, but you don't want to force that on on your friends. <laughs> like you don't you don't want to make your friends have a torrid romance if they don't want to, right? Um, but here we get I mean, to it do depends that. on the type of game you're playing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's totally that's totally. a very really good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so um you know but it's again there's that agreement right in this i guess rudy and i we kind of get to be like dictators um you know the the story gets to go exactly where we want it to um which is great and what's cool about the story is you know i i think rudy you know we were talking about how it's a dramedy right um there are hopefully a lot of funny and even like silly over the top moments that that happen uh and there's some really bizarre uh over the top characters certainly um but you know the the whole idea is that they're the worst adventuring party that's part of this adventurer's guild uh, when the story begins. And when you meet them all, it's kind of clear why. It's like, oh, this person has, you know, issues with this, and this person has issues with this, and this person, I don't really know what they're talking about because they speak in metaphors, but they probably have some issues. Um, so, uh, you know, I think... That is that is sort of where it starts. They're all, um, for lack of a better term, losers, you know. Uh, and uh, and from there, they uh, they you know the story develops. We'll just leave it there. <laughs> so you guys are in the uh, third episode. Let's say mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you are you are in the third story arc, uh, and really, that's that's what only about. Uh, 10, 11 episodes in total, right? Not counting the behind-the-scenes episodes. This is a, a relatively new podcast in the in the tabletop hobby here. Um, how, how have things been going for you? Uh, it's been going great. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Nice short answer. There we go. Nice question. <laughs> I mean, we've Moving had on. a lot of great feedback from our community. Just yesterday, some guy made a wiki. <laughs> so, yeah thank you wild. that was amazing yeah. <laughs> uh, but i yeah we've i've been having a lot of fun doing this i hope to continue doing it for some time uh tell your friends if you like it <laughs> that helps yeah. us <laughs> uh, right i think one thing that we're we're learning the fan base is is growing kind of slowly but steadily which is really great and even at um at Gen Con, you know, this was two months ago. Uh, people were were coming up to us and were were asking some things about have spellbook or saying they really liked it. And then, you know, we started to get tweets about characters and stuff. Like just today, uh, got a tweet from a guy who thinks we really need a a translation bible for one of the characters who speaks in riddles. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's it's so fun to see that kind of stuff. It was really cool. Like it blew my mind that somebody actually made a wiki um so that's been that's been amazing and the other thing that's been amazing so like all of the fans uh you know the the small fan base we have that is growing really really amazing and supportive and fun um and it's also super fun like rudy you said when you brought this idea like i really just want to make something with all of my friends and have a blast doing it and uh mission accomplished um so (laughs) Uh, so, you know, so there's that aspect to it as well. Like all of the people, all of the actors who give their time to make this thing are just amazing actors and amazing people to be around. And, uh, and you know, it feels in a lot of respects, the, you know, they do a lot of improv on the mic and stuff like that. In a lot of respects, 
it feels kind of like gaming. Um, so, in fact, we're trying to plan a, a gaming day with the whole cast, uh, you know, so so that they can all play D&D together and that kind of thing. So it'll be fun. That's really cool. Uh, I, I think one of the things that is in your favor here with Half Spellbook is that it's fairly unique in the uh, podcast world of, of the hobby here. There's a lot of actual plays out there. There's a lot of dramas out there. But you guys hit this really nice sweet spot between uh, comedy and drama and action. You've got a great cast. You, you know, the fact that you are essentially writing the scripts, right? You're not just taking a game and trying to convert it over. You're not pulling clips from uh, you guys actually sitting around the table where other shenanigans can happen. You guys are really creating a nice polished, refined product, I think that sets you guys apart. And, and that's one of the things that's really going to help you uh, carve out a niche here in the podcast world uh, and and help you guys move forward a lot. Um, but uh, thinking about the future, where's Have Spellbook going? I mean, uh, James, you talked about how uh, in that very long analogy that this is kind of like <laughs> a television show – so uh, do you guys have a, a whole season planned out? Do we have a, a, an end point in mind, or is this thing just going to keep going? Uh, I do have – it's so funny. That, uh, yes, the first season is planned out, and I have <laughs> some ideas, I guess, for what the second, I guess you could say, season would be. So, I yeah, I think I've got the next, like, year and a half's worth of – adventure or episodes at least planned you know i have like a line or two for each of them and james and i have the next several episodes already outlined and written so mm. it, it can go for a while it's just a matter of you know one of my actors who's a main character decides this is a waste of my time and stops doing it that's my <laughs> biggest fear <laughs> uh yes yeah but you know sometimes people die in D &D. Sure, uh, so uh <laughs> and and then the brother of the cousin <laughs> of the the second uncle shows up and oh they just happen to have the exact same class level wonderful let's just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but i i mean i would say you know, Rudy has great, great plans for this thing, but I don't think we have, like, a final end point in mind. Um, yeah. You know, I, I mean, every, right, every creator's dream, well, maybe not every creator, but some creator's dreams when they make something like this is, like, maybe someday when we're old and we can no longer speak into microphones... Someone will pay us millions of dollars and continue the story and we'll be grumpy about how they do it. Um, so that's my plan. <laughs> Good. It's going to work out, buddy. <laughs> are you guys uh, are you guys planning on keeping with the podcast format as things evolve and progress? Or maybe do you have some of those lofty pipe dreams of – uh, a new way to experience half spellbook. Uh, 
like uh, virtual reality? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> the, have Spellbook will travel the Oculus edition? Exactly. Is, is that what we're yeah. going for? <laughs> uh, the one thing we've talked about, um, and, you know, we would need the, the podcast probably to uh, pick up in popularity. So this may be far down the road. Uh, but we've talked about doing some live recording. So it would still be, you know, we would still release it as a, a podcast. But, um, you know, we'd love to do it live in front of an audience. Uh, we need to tailor an episode very specifically for that um, because right now we record with sometimes upwards of 15 people um, per episode. Uh, so, you know, we'd, we'd need to figure all that out. But uh, but I think that's probably the, the thing that's top of mind. Uh, again, if someone wants to pay us to make the Have Spellbook movie or television series or web series – we will take your money and do it. Uh, so I'll just I'll just leave that out there for all the uh, the Hollywood execs who listen to the RPG Academy to pick up on. You know, with the growing popularity of uh, fairly prestigious big name people in the hobby and in the entertainment industry getting into role playing and doing essentially live stage performances of the game. I think Half Spellbook would definitely be the kind of thing I would go to a convention to see. Uh, I think seeing you guys on stage at a con doing one of these maybe a little bit tighter episodes so you don't have 20 people on stage mm -hmm. with you. I think that would be a great uh, capstone event at – uh, at, at a big convention. I, I think you could fill up Hall H or something, right? Whoa. Yeah, I mean, look, Critical Role was in that theater last Gen Con. I'm like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> I could write something for that. That's us yeah. in five years or whatever. Next okay, year. Five-year plan, have, have Spellbook, will be taking over Gen Con. That's what we're going to say right now, right? That's right. If only we knew someone who organized a con who could mm. invite us to come and knew well. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what? We, we've got a lot of listeners. We're, we're going to have some links in the show notes. Maybe a convention planner will listen to this episode, and maybe they'll talk to you guys about it. <laughs> Who knows? Anything could happen. <laughs> anything. Anything. Maybe a convention planner will edit this episode. I guess we'll see. <laughs> Hey, I've been, I've been thinking about farming out the editing. Maybe I'll just randomly f pick someone who knows about convention. <laughs> so uh, I think what we're getting to here is that Have Spellbook, Will Travel is a very entertaining fantasy comedy drama. In fact, some might say that it is the best fantasy comedy drama that you are currently listening to when you are, in fact, listening to it. Uh, Agreed. But I, <laughs> I, I definitely want to talk about how you guys approach gaming. Uh, everyone approaches gaming a little bit differently. Uh, obviously, we've talked a little bit about uh, focusing on narration and storytelling. Um, and the the approach you guys have with Have Spellbook, since you're writing that script, I think you're bringing those principles to light uh, and making them very evident. But when you guys are sitting down and, and playing your home games – what do you guys do as you're prepping games, as you're playing games? This is the RPG Academy, after all. We like to teach our listeners things. So what's your approach? What are some great strategies? What do you guys do behind the GM screen? Uh, well, I'm mainly more of a player, <laughs> I would say, than a GM. Um, I, I think the best thing you can do is uh, never say no 
to your players. If someone has an idea, no matter how outlandish this is, at least give them the option to roll for it. Um, you, you can explain, of course, why it wouldn't work, but um, that can really kind of bring a halt on someone if they think of this awesome creative idea that's, oh, it could work, it could work. Like, don't be, try not to be the guy that says, no, it can't work, so we're moving on. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Try and at least give them the the ability. And if they hit a 20 or whatever, just figure out a way to make it work, you know? That's, uh, that's <laughs> your way to do it. I, I'm a big fan of failing forward, too, where... Um, if they do roll that one, figure out a way that it's still successful, but it has some sort of major penalty or minor penalty if you think it's if it's warranted. But I think it, it, it makes everybody kind of it makes them better GMs, to be honest, to be like this thing didn't work out the way you thought it would. Now you have to improvise and, and figure out a way to keep it going. And it'll make um, it'll make the game more exciting if their plans are constantly thrown off. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I totally totally agree with that. And it's one of those things that I think it took me a long time to learn as a GM. Um, you know, and, and that's the other piece of advice that I would always give is like always be open, always be open to learning new things, and always listen to your players. You know, you hear authors talk about when they're writing books, like, well, how did you decide to do X, Y, and Z with your characters? And they say, I listened to them, Um, which sounds crazy, right? Um, But in this case, you actually have characters that you can listen to because they're played by other people, Um, you know? And so I would recommend definitely doing that, like listen to your players, listen to what they have to say. And if they do want to try something crazy, let let them try you know come up with a crazy target number in your head they have to hit or a card that they have to pull or a jenga block they have to move you know however you play your game um and then uh and then see how it goes and i agree with the fail forward thing completely one of my favorite things uh comes from fate and i was just thinking about this yesterday is like in fate when you fail horribly you are supposed to have a choice as a player to either succeed with like some serious major consequences, right? Like maybe you blow up the Death Star, but in the process, you also blow up your own X-Wing. Uh, and now you're floating out there in space in your flight suit and you got to figure out how to save yourself from deep space, right? Um, or you get to uh, fail outright. Uh, so you miss the Death Star and you got to go on a whole nother trench run to, to make it happen. Um, so I think that 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 advice of like keep moving the story forward is really great and letting your players try whatever they want is really good and just be comfortable like you know um know that if your players don't go into that dungeon that you've prepared you might be able to use it next week right you might be able to use it another time that prep work isn't wasted and don't panic like they're gonna go somewhere else uh and and just roll with it and have a good time uh if you let go and just say yes and have a good time it'll be fine this isn't the queen you know this is the dude you've known since college uh and uh and the lady that you work with um who you're gonna see again on monday like just roll with it and and have fun and remember everybody's there to have a good time and also players let me just throw this out there players also do the same thing also listen to your your game masters and your other players and you know and be open um so and if like everybody agrees hey we're here to have a good time that's our number one goal then 
you probably will. Uh, that that's great advice, James. Um, you know, I I think I have heard some people say if you're having fun, you're doing it right. I might have yeah. heard that on occasion as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's really good advice to uh, to take to heart. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, um, uh, well, I guess uh, it's like some other adult-only activities uh, that as long as all involved <laughs> are enjoying themselves, then you're doing it right, right? So, And, and there is consent across the board. Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, then, then everything is going according to plan, so. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, well, thanks for sharing, guys. I think that was really great. Um, I, I want to also take a second here and touch on some of the other projects that you guys do. Um while Have Spellbook Will Travel is obviously what brought us all together here, you guys do a lot of other uh, development and podcasts and writing and stuff. Why don't we share a little bit about that? Sure. I have another podcast on the Tome Show Network that is about uh, Dungeons & Dragons licensed video games. It is the most specific podcast on the internet. <laughs> it's basically like a book of the month club where we play a game that came out maybe last year, maybe 20 years ago. And then me and my co-hosts kind of discuss it with an eye towards the modern perspective and towards what it was like when it actually came out. So if you're into video games, I think that it's a great listen. We try and be as silly and entertaining as possible. Um, and then I'm a regular usually on James's other podcast, one of his other podcasts. It's called The Roundtable, um, and that is a, a weekly panel discussion podcast where we talk about RPG news, um, specifically uh, a lot of D&D news. Um, but, you know, uh, we, we touch on all kinds of stuff. Uh, it's also part of the Tome Show network, so if you search the Tome Show feed, The Roundtable and D&D V&G are in there. Um, and it's super fun, and I think we need to get Caleb on an episode uh, is what I'm, what I'm feeling right now so uh i know we've already had his partner in crime on once uh and is are, are planning on michael's return so uh, i'd love to have you on as well caleb hey i'd be glad to do that i will make sure i have a blanket of appropriate size <laughs> to drape over my head and computer here in uh in the back room of my house um and uh james you also have that website that we mentioned a while ago that we're not going to mention again yes uh there is a ton of information on there about the work you've been doing. Jesus Christ. I've just been sitting here while we've been chatting and it's like, oh, look, here are some resources. Oh, wait a minute. I'm still scrolling. Oh, wait, wait a minute. I'm still scrolling. <laughs> you got some great stuff here, man. This is awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So, yeah, there's a lot of um, – as I've been – uh, developing stuff for my homebrew world of exploration age, which is uh, based on our own age of discovery in the world. You know, when we discovered like, oh, uh, and by we, I, of course, am speaking about like Europe uh, because that's how uh, ethnocentric we are sometimes. Um, but when Europe and the rest of the world discovered the Americas and discovered Australia, um, you know, uh, and and so it's a map that has these really – um, developed nations as far as like magical technology and stuff goes. And then these uh, sort of wild, more verdant 
places uh, that uh, have big blank spots in the map. So um, when the book comes out, which will be sometime, um, there, uh, you know, there's going to be advice on how to give like a great hex crawl, tons and tons of random encounter charts and things like that to help you uh, fill out the adventure if you want to use those blank spots. But then there's also tons of within the developed nations, intrigue and technology and stuff like that. So like the, on the website, like I have rules for fifth edition mechs uh, if you want them or uh, guns and bombs and things like that. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, it's super fun. There's also links. I have a couple of pay what you want DMs guild products. Uh, so there are links to those as well. Um, and then I've also, as new D and D adventures have come out, I've done stuff for them. So like, uh, if you're into, uh, Storm King's Thunder, uh, I just put out a 16 page supplement that adds monsters from the Tome of Beasts into Storm King's Thunder, including a new desert giant lord. Um, uh, I have advice on there for playing Curse of Strahd as a one shot. Uh, so there's a bunch of stuff there. And then I also occasionally do adventure design work with some other companies and you can find out about that on there as well. Uh, and if all of that was not enough to sell someone <laughs> visiting this website, I would like to point out that there is a uh, a magic item called the Wubba Wubba. <laughs> and if that does not win you over to immediately clicking over to this website, I don't know what is wrong with you. So, uh, <laughs> uh Man, we, we talked about all kinds of great stuff here today, guys. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on here. I, I am absolutely a fan of Half Spellbook Will Travel. Um, I am going to be adding the uh, the other projects you guys do into my podcast rotation, which is getting horribly large at this point. Luckily, I drive <laughs> far more than I enjoy, so I have lots of hours to kill <laughs> on the road. Uh, as we wrap up here, are there any final thoughts or uh, sentiments you want to share with our uh, Academy listeners here today? Uh, uh, when James <laughs> said you're not playing for the Queen, that made me laugh a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, so it's funny. We, we have been offering as a final thought like – Hey, if somebody makes us a wiki, we'll play a game with you. Um, but that happened last night as of recording this. Uh, so, um, I think the, the final thought that I would say, uh, this is, this is a big thing for me. If you're going out there and you're gaming and you have an idea for something, make it. Uh, like, you know, I, I don't wait for somebody to ask you to make it because nobody's going to ask you to make the thing you want to make. Um, don't, uh, don't wait for the perfect moment to reveal that, that plot twist because who knows that player could move away or you may just keep putting it off until the final session and then try to cram like 12 plot twists into it. Um, if you've got a great idea, make it happen and, uh, and maybe it'll fall flat, but don't be afraid of failure because the next time you make something, it'll be better. Um, so, uh, so that is my final advice to people of the world. Uh, of the RPG Academy. And also, just want to say, uh, you complimented our podcast so much. I love the RPG Academy. Super awesome. Uh, I really, really enjoy listening to both you and Michael Caleb. So thank you so much for all the work you do. Oh, you're very welcome, James. Thank you so much. I appreciate hearing that. Um, 
thank you guys for coming on. This was a uh, a great interview. I- I'm so happy that we finally got together here and made this happen. Uh, for everyone else out there listening, click on all the links in the show notes for the podcast, the website, everything else these guys are doing. You will not be disappointed. And for James, Rudy, Michael, myself, everyone at the RPG Academy Network, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the drive-thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at The RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, The Caleb G, at The Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.